Thank you for listening to audio from First Baptist Church of Flora. If you would like more information about our church, please visit www.fbcflora.org. Back in the early 1980s, there were a group of uh, seminary students at Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary out in Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, Southern Baptists have six seminaries, and uh, Southwestern is in Fort Worth, and great seminary there. And uh, in the early 80s, there were a group of seminary students that that took some coffee and donuts down to a group of homeless men and women, sort of in a uh, impoverished area in the Fort Worth uh, metro area. They took that group, uh, took some coffee and donuts to them, just to minister to them, share Christ with them, share the love of Jesus with them, and uh, they kept doing it. They kept going. Pretty soon, they started doing some outdoor worship services with the people there, and they ended up having hundreds of people coming to these outdoor worship services, hundreds of homeless people coming to these outdoor worship services there in Fort Worth, and they, they soon realized that there needed, to be a, there needed to be a church there. And so they established a church, and uh, they started a ministry there, and they named the ministry there in Fort Worth, Texas, they named the ministry Beautiful Feet. They named the ministry there in Fort Worth Beautiful Feet. And now here, uh, years later, that ministry is flourishing. It's actually a church now, has eight staff members. Uh, they are, uh, they're ministering to people in incredible ways there in the Fort Worth area. Um, they impact that inner city, uh, inner city Fort Worth and impact the homeless population, the, uh, so many needy people in that community, just like there are everywhere, but they're in Fort Worth, man. They they have intentional discipleship times. They are doing Bible studies. They do worship services. They have medical and dental help that they can provide for uh, the needy folks that are there. They uh, they serve thousands of meals. I'm sure this past week at Thanksgiving, I'm sure they serve thousands of of meals. But they do that all the time. Serve meals to the to the hungry people there. They provide laundry service. For the homeless folks, you get the things that we just kind of take for granted, but they provide laundry service for them. They provide hot showers for them. They, uh, they're able to provide warm clothes uh, to thousands of poor people there in the Fort Worth area. So you think about that, and you think about the people that work in that kind of ministry there in Fort Worth, and certainly we would say, uh, as we'll see here in just a minute, I hope that you'll see that uh, certainly the, the people that work in that ministry have beautiful feet. They have beautiful feet because they're sharing the love of Jesus. They're sharing the love of Christ. They're sharing the gospel uh, with those who are in need there in Fort Worth, Texas. So the question for you and me today as we uh, come out of Thanksgiving and we get ready to move into Christmas and move into this Advent season, and but the question I want us to think about today and just ask you is, do you have beautiful feet? Do we have beautiful feet? I want to ask you to take your Bibles and turn to Romans chapter 10, verses 14 and 15. It's page 946 in the Pew Bible. If you don't have a copy of, of God's Word, uh, your, your own Bible with you, and you need to use a Pew Bible, grab one from the Pew Rack and turn to page 946. And uh, we'll read these two verses, Hebrews, uh, I'm sorry, Romans chapter 10, verses 14 and 15 uh, out of the New Testament. Romans chapter 10, verses 14 and 15. Would you stand, please, as we read these two verses together? Paul is writing here, and he says, How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? 
And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. May God bless the reading of his wonderful word this morning. Let's pray together. Father, would you help us now as we gather around your word today? Lord, one more time. God, what a privilege. (laughs) What a blessing, Lord, for us to be gathered in this place right now, to have the Bible open on our lap. God, to be able to hear it preached, to study it together, to enjoy uh, um, hearing from you as your spirit speaks to us today. We trust you to do that now as you teach us the truth of your word. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thanks so much. You may be seated. So how beautiful are your feet? We're going to talk about feet today, a subject that if my daughter was here today, she would hate. My daughter hates feet. Anybody else hate feet? My daughter just hates feet. She thinks they're ugly, they're nasty, they're dirty, they're stinky, and they are sometimes all of those things. But Rachel hates feet, and and they're just gross. They're just nasty, Daddy. And and, uh, But when you look at what Paul said, you can see that certainly I get, you know, our feet can be gross and nasty at times. But when you look at what The Apostle Paul is talking about in Romans chapter 10, verses 14 and 15. He says that our feet need to be beautiful. And he's quoting the prophet Isaiah uh, as he he shares with the people there in Rome, as he reaches out to them, as he teaches them these truths. He's, He's quoting the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah said in Isaiah 52, 7, we find these words, How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns. So hundreds of years before Paul wrote these words in Romans chapter 10, Isaiah had already said, how beautiful are the feet on the mountains, how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news and do all the things that he said there. And what Isaiah was talking about, just a little bit of context here, so you can kind of understand what is this all about? Why would Isaiah say that? Why would he say to the people, the people of God, the children of Israel, God's people, why would he say to them that how beautiful on the mountain are the feet of those who bring good news? Well, just a little bit of context for you to understand. Isaiah was prophesying to the children of Israel that they would, listen, he was telling them that they would be set free. They had been in captivity. They had been been in captivity for 70 years, Babylonian captivity, and 70 years that the the children of Israel had been punished, 70 years that they had been in captivity, 70 years that they had been uh, dealing with uh, the judgment of God, the, the discipline of God against them for their rebellion against God. He had disciplined them, judged them for their wickedness, for their idolatry. Y'all, let me just tell you something. You, you look at the Word of God, and God hates idolatry. I'm telling you, he, can't, he will not stand for there to be something in his people's lives that competes with him. He will not allow that to happen in our lives without judging, without bringing his discipline against us. And that's what he was, had done to his people. They had turned away from him. They had given into idolatry. They were worshiping false gods. They were living wicked lives. And so he allowed the Babylonian king, Nebuchadnezzar, to come in. And Nebuchadnezzar had led his armies against God's people over and over again. Come against them over and over again. He had laid Nebuchadnezzar had come and and laid siege to Jerusalem. Uh, uh, tons of people had been killed. 
A horrible situation. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar had come in and destroyed the temple. And then he took thousands of people, thousands of God's people, took them into captivity, and he left Jerusalem in ruins. This was a sad, desperate time for God's people back there in the Old Testament. It was a tough time, man. Seventy years of captivity. Can you imagine being like that? I mean, we all experience those those difficult times in our life where we feel like we're being held captive by something, where there's something that's, that's holding us down. There's something that's got us imprisoned, some, some addiction, some sin, some, uh, some struggle that we're in, some, some wickedness that we've allowed to come into our life, some idol that we've uh, set up in our lives that's competing for God's allegiance in our lives. And I mean, we can be in just as bad a shape as these folks were. But then Isaiah comes, and the Spirit of God inspired Isaiah. The Spirit of God inspired Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, the great prophet Isaiah, to tell God's people, hang on. (laughs) Hang on. Freedom is coming. Your deliverance is coming. Don't give up. Uh, don't, Don't despair. I know it's hard right now, and I know you're dealing with a lot of difficult things right now, but don't give up. Don't don't despair. There's good news coming. Isaiah, in his mind, pictured these messengers running across the mountains, proclaiming the good news of of release to the people of God, that they were going to be set free, that they would be released from their captivity, from all of these years of captivity. Can you imagine the joy that they must have experienced in their hearts as they heard this prophet say, there's, there's going to be somebody coming proclaiming good news to you, freedom for, for you, peace for you, release from your bondage for you. Imagine the joy, imagine the, the happiness, imagine the, the relief. We're finally, we finally got some good news. We got, finally got something great to look forward to. The, the celebrations that, that had to erupt at the moment that they heard the good news, that there was somebody coming with beautiful feet that was going to tell them, you're going to be set free. You're going to be set free. Isaiah used a poetic word. When he used the word beautiful, and that word, he used that word to describe the feet of of those bearers of good news. Again, maybe beautiful is not necessarily a word that we would use to describe feet. But Isaiah used this poetic word, and this word literally means mature development, or it means full of vigor. So, so you think about it, put that together with feet. These feet were maturely uh, developed feet. These feet were feet that were full of vigor and energy. These were not amateurs who were coming to, to bring the good news. These weren't amateurs that might not really know what they were doing or not really realize the, the gravity and the weight of the message that they were bringing or amateurs that didn't really have the, the strength and the energy to, to bring that message. Man, these feet, the feet of these messengers were, were vigorous and they were strong and they were leaping over the mountains like gazelles or young stags and they were excitedly bringing this good news. Man, what an incredible sight. For the people of God to see these strong, vigorous, maturely developed messengers coming with the good news proclaiming joy and peace and freedom and the power of God to them. Now fast forward about 750, 800 years. 
And the Apostle Paul is writing, writing to the people of God in Rome. And salvation, freedom, release from bondage of sin is the theme in Romans chapter 9, 10, and 11. Those three chapters right there. Really the focus of those three chapters is the salvation that we can know through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Joy. Peace. I mean, we're going into joy to the world. The Lord has come. The, the, the Prince of Peace is coming. And, and, and that's salvation. That's what this is all about. And joy and peace and freedom and the power of God through salvation is Paul's main thrust in this passage. This overall passage, Romans 9, 10, 11, but it's, it's really the main thrust. Think about these verses. You may want to jot these down. Romans chapter 10, verse 1, Paul says there, Romans 10, 1, he says, Brothers, my listen to this, y'all. My heart's desire and prayer to God for them, them is his Jewish, uh, the Jewish people. Paul was a Jew, and he was... He would say, my heart's desire, my prayer is for my people, for them, that they may be saved. Paul had a burning desire to see his people come to know Jesus. Romans chapter 10, verse 1. Then Romans chapter 10, verse 4. Look at verse 4. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness for everyone who believes. Let me read that out of the Amplified Version. Listen to what it says. For Christ is the end of the law. It leads to him. The law leads to him. The law's purpose is fulfilled in him for granting righteousness to everyone who believes in him as Savior. Paul's pointing toward Jesus. It's all about Jesus. My heart's desire is for my people to be saved. The only way they can be saved is that they come to know Jesus. The law points to Jesus. Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. You know these verses. That if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So Paul continues to say, look, it's all about Jesus. you got to confess Jesus as your Savior and Lord. And then he drops down to Romans chapter 10, verses 12 and 13. And he says, for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord to be saved. So Paul is saying here, he's saying, man, listen, I want people to come to know Jesus. He desperately wanted his fellow Jews to come to know Christ. He wanted them to come to know Jesus, but he didn't stop with them. Because he says there in Romans chapter 10, verse 12, there's no distinction between Jew and Greek. The same Lord is Lord of all. He gives, he gives salvation to all Jews, Greeks, Gentiles, us. He gives all, gives salvation to all who call on him. Paul's desire is that all people would come to know Jesus. And that's God's desire. That's God's heart. He wants all people everywhere to come to know Jesus. If you're here today and you don't know Christ, He wants you to come to Jesus. He wants you to be saved today. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, it says, The Lord is not slow in keeping His promises, as some understand slowness, slowness, it says, but instead, God is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Listen, y'all, he wants people to be saved. 
He wants you to come to know Jesus. He wants lost people everywhere to come to know Christ. And, and his plan, God's plan, God's plan for salvation is that we are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, right? Amen? Is that, is that salvation? We're saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. That's God's plan for salvation, and His plan is that we have beautiful feet. That we have beautiful feet. We, us, the church, the body of Christ, those of us that know Jesus, His plan. His plan is that everybody come to know Jesus. His plan is for all people to be saved. He doesn't want anybody to die without Christ. He won't, but the, his plan is for us to have beautiful feet because the application for this message is this, that we have beautiful feet when we go, when we go and proclaim the gospel to those who are lost. So back to the first question at the beginning of the message. Do you have beautiful feet? We have beautiful feet. Your feet will be beautiful. My feet will be beautiful when we use them to go and proclaim the gospel to those who are lost. Listen, y'all, we, that, that, we, we're saved. Listen, we're, we're saved when God calls and we respond to him and, and we're saved, okay? I mean, that's it. God calls to us. God initiates. God's salvation is all about God. God calls. We respond, say yes to him, and we're saved. But there's a chain of events. We need to look at this as we look at verses 14 and 15 again. There's a chain of events that God has instituted. This is God's plan. That God has put this plan into place for a person to be saved. And it's, it's, he calls, we respond, and we're saved. But he's got a plan for how that is to happen. And when you look at verses 14 and 15, here it is right here. I think it's all on one slide here. This is, this is the plan. This is how God does it. Number one, lost people will call on Jesus if they believe in him. Now, I don't know if you can write all this down. I'll give it to you later if you want this. But this is it. Just look at this. Lost people will call on Jesus if they believe in him. Okay? Secondly, they will believe in him if they hear about him. They will believe in him if... They hear about him. The next step is they will hear about him if someone preaches the gospel to them. The next step is someone will preach the gospel if they are sent by God. And those who are sent have beautiful feet, so you and I need to have beautiful feet. That's God's, that's the plan. There it is right there. That's, that's the way God has put it together, Romans 10, 14 and 15. You see it. Lost people will call on God. If They'll call on Jesus if they believe in him. They'll believe in him if they hear about him. They'll hear about him if somebody preaches to him. Somebody will preach if that person is sent by God. Those who are sent have beautiful feet. You and I will need to have beautiful feet. So the question is, do we have beautiful feet? Let me tell you, we will have beautiful feet. We, the church, the body of Christ, the people of God, We'll have beautiful feet if we use them to do these things. Just think about how you, what do you use your feet for? Number one, you use your feet to walk, right? So we will have beautiful feet if we use our feet to walk. So how do we need to be walking as people of God? How do we need to be walking 
Well, certainly, we need to be walking with the Lord. We sing the hymn, when we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a glory he sheds on our way. We need to walk with the Lord. That's why for the last 28 days now, we've been challenging, encouraging you, almost begging you and pleading with you to spend time in prayer, diligently spending time in prayer this past month. Not just so that you can participate in something that the church is doing. That's not, that's not the real reason we do want this to be a corporate thing. We do hope that there has been a large number of our people in this church family that have been committed to the last 28 to 30 days now of, of praying. But the reason you need to be praying is because you need to be walking with the Lord. And we need to use our feet to walk with the Lord, to spend time with Him, to grow in our walk with Him, to grow in our relationship, to, to, to stay in His Word, to walk with the Lord. And we also walk by faith and not by sight. So we're walking with the Lord, but we walk by faith and not by sight. We know that the Word of God tells us that. We don't always understand why God does what He does. We don't always understand why God allows the things that He allows to happen. We struggle with that a lot sometimes, don't we? But when you know Jesus, when you're walking with the Lord, then you can walk by faith and not by sight. And when you don't completely understand, then you can still trust that God's plan is being worked out. Because we walk by faith and not by sight. You use your feet to walk. You walked in here today. You walked out of the parking lot. walked out of your house today. You walked in here today. You use your feet to walk. So we got to walk with the Lord. We got to walk by faith and not by sight. And and and, and we also got to walk alongside those who are lost, y'all. We can't. <laughs> it's fun to walk with people that you like. It's fun to walk with people that you know. It's fun to walk with people that you that you're comfortable with. It's fun to walk with people that you that you enjoy being around. And there's certainly nothing wrong with that. I love walking this road of faith with you. I'm so glad that God has brought me here to this family of faith to walk with you right now during this season in your life and my life. So thankful for that. But y'all, let me tell you something. We it ain't all about you and me walking with each other all the time. We got to go walk with some folks that are lost. We got to go walk with some folks that are struggling. We got to go walk with some people that are that are, that are bound for hell. We got to go walk with some people that aren't like us. We got to go walk with some people that it makes us uncomfortable to walk with them. And we, but we have to if we're going to have beautiful feet and take the good news. Then we got to walk. With the Lord, walk by faith and not by sight, and walk alongside those who those who are lost, those who are hurting, those that are struggling. What else do you use your feet for? You use your feet to walk. You use your feet to to run. So use your feet to run. Is there a biblical basis for us using our feet to run? Absolutely, there is. I think about what the Word of God says in Romans chapter 12, uh, Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. The Bible tells us that, therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off the sin that so easily entangles us and the things that hinder us and the things that weigh us down. Let us run, let us run with perseverance the race that is marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus the author and perfecter of our faith. 
You see, Paul was constantly pointing people toward the gospel, pointing people toward Jesus here in this passage. Man, you've got to confess Jesus is Lord. Everyone who calls on the Lord Jesus will be saved. You gotta, it's all about Jesus, and his same is true for us, and we've got to run with perseverance. We'll have beautiful feet if we're running this race that God has marked out. You're in a race, my friend. You're in a race. And you're running with me, and I'm running with you, and we're in this thing together. And we're running this race with perseverance. We're staying. We've got to stay with it. The Lord has marked this race out for us. I remember one time a few years ago, I was, uh, I was, gonna, I was running the Mississippi Blues half marathon. That's 13.1 miles, not the 26.2 miles. So I had trained and worked and gotten my, tried to get myself ready for it and so the, the race started downtown Jackson right there on, on uh, State Street and gun went off and all these thousands of people we all started running. Now, when I, when I say I'm running, I'm, not, I'm making forward progress. I, if you looked at me, you probably wouldn't say, man, he's really running. You go, well, he's moving. You know, he's moving. So, but I, so I'm going on there and I had my earphones in. I was listening to some good worship music, man. I was enjoying I was just having a good time, man. It was wonderful. Beautiful weather that day. It was a great day. Lots of people, people cheering you on. It's wonderful. It was a lot of fun. Got to a place right there where uh, um, Lakeland Drive comes into State Street there. And if you were going to run the half marathon, you were supposed to turn right. I was listening to my music. I was having so much fun. I kept right on going. Kept going straight. People were waving at me and hollering at me and stuff like that. And I was waving and hollering back at them. And, and, and I just kept on going. Well, when you run in those races, the, the people that run the full marathon, there's a much fewer, that's a much smaller group than the people that run the half marathon. And I've run a few half marathons, so I knew that there's usually a lot of people running the half marathon. Usually, you're surrounded by people all the time. So I kept on going, and I just kept noticing, man, there's not a lot of people running today. <laughs> and you have a different color number if you're in the half marathon or the full marathon. So I kept going, and I went, I missed the turn. And so I, this lady was coming up beside me. I didn't want to look at her number because I didn't want to see that her numbers, her color was different from mine. And she got up next to me and she said, you missed the turn, didn't you? I said, yes, I did. And she said, well, come on. I said, no, I, I, I can't do this. I can't do, I can't run this whole race now. I, I'm not trained. I haven't trained for this. I'm not ready to do this. And so I ended up getting back on the course. I ended up, uh, you know, running a 18-mile uh, uh, half marathon, which is, uh, you know, uh, five miles more. But you got you to gotta stay on the course. And God has marked a course out for us. And that course is found in his word. And if we're going to stay on his course, we got to stay in his word. We've got to keep running this race that is marked out for us. So you use your feet to walk. You use your feet to run. And we, we also got to run to those who are perishing. Man, listen, y'all, there is an urgency. There's an urgency to the task that we've been called to. To have beautiful feet and to run to those people who are dying. Run to those people that if they die today, they're going to go to hell. And you and I have the good news. You and I are the ones that have the beautiful feet. 
So we walk. We use our feet to walk. Walk with the Lord. Walk by faith and not by sight. Walk alongside those that are running. We use our feet to run. We run this race that's marked out for us. We run to those who are perishing. And and what else do you use your feet for? You use your feet to stand. Use your feet to stand. You stand up on your feet. So you think about that, man. What do we do with our feet? What, what, we need to stand strong in the Lord and the strength of his power. Ephesians chapter 6 tells us that stand strong in the Lord. We need to stand in the gap in prayer. Stand in the gap in prayer. Stand strong. And then we need to stand with those who are neglected. Stand with those who are rejected. Stand with those who are abused and forgotten and beaten down. Stand. Use your feet to stand. Have beautiful feet. When you stand, stand strong in the Lord. You know one more thing you use your feet for? You use your feet to kick, don't you? Let me tell you something. We'll have beautiful feet, and we use our feet to kick Satan in the teeth by decreasing the lostness of our community and our world. And I want to do that, amen? Do you want to do that? That's what I want to do. I want to kick him in the teeth. I want to kick him to the curb. Because right now, he's doing a big number. He's doing a a number on a whole lot of people in our community, in our city, in our community, in our state, in our world. He He is destroying people's lives. And I'm ready to stand strong. I'm ready to have beautiful feet to be able to kick him in the teeth in the strength of the Lord as we decrease the lostness of our community. So let me wrap this thing up. I want you to think about this for me just a minute. Kind of wrap this up. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to give you a heads up now. We move into the invitation. I'm going to ask you to use your feet in the invitation today. So get ready. I'm going to ask you to use your feet today in the invitation. I don't want to get all morbid and depressing, but I just want to, I just want us to think a little bit about the, the heaviness of the task that we've been called to. There's a lot of talk of death in our news cycles these days. Always has been. But in our our news cycles these days, death is a hot topic. Six people died in Waukesha, Wisconsin, in the Christmas parade last week. When the guy barreled his, went barreling through there in his car and ran over people and killed six people. Two people died in Kenosha, Wisconsin, when Kyle Rittenhouse shot him and killed him. Ten ten people died at a concert at Astro World a couple of weeks ago. Uh, David Neal Cox was executed at Parchman last week. As of a couple of days ago, and maybe it's changed since then, as of a couple of days ago, I think there had been 128 homicides in Jackson, Mississippi so far this year. And the COVID death toll is always in the news somewhere. You know, we hear those numbers and we hear those news stories. And what happens a lot of times is sometimes we get so caught up. We get so caught up in all the circumstances around those deaths and all the and our opinions on those death stories. Because when I said some of those things, immediately some of you went, well, yeah, Kyle Rittenhouse shot those people. They were trying to kill him. That's not even what I'm talking about. Well, yeah, that guy that killed those people, well, yeah, that guy deserved to die. That's not even what I'm talking about. That's not even what I'm talking about. 
We get so caught up in our opinions and so caught up in all of these things that we stop considering the eternal destiny of those who died. Does it break your heart? Does it break our hearts? That the majority of these people who died, that I just mentioned, died without Jesus. Does that even break our hearts? Are we, are we just so callous these days that we just think, well, it's, they deserve that. It, can't help it. That's just the world we live. That's what has happened to us, and our feet are not beautiful. Our feet are not beautiful. Do you understand that 170,000 plus people will die in our world today? Over 170,000, 180,000 people will die in our world today. Over 7,400 people have died since we began this worship service today. And before I finish this sermon, a few hundred more will die. Before I finish the next couple of minutes of this sermon, a few hundred more people will die in our world today. And the vast majority of them will go to hell. Does that do anything to us? Does that do anything to us? Who in here today is going to have beautiful feet and take the good news to those people before it's too late? Is there anybody in here today that's going to have beautiful feet? Louis Giglio said, the gospel is not the gospel so we can sit and stare at our navels. The gospel is the gospel because life is short and we have a big God. The gospel is the gospel because Jesus leads us to proclaim the truth that he saves to anybody and everybody on this planet. <laughs> you know, sometimes you think about your feet. Now it's time for you to think about your feet. You think about your feet. Sometimes our feet don't smell too good, do they? Let's just be honest. You got a teenage boy, you're going, amen. You're exactly right. You know, man, the stench of sin is horrible. Sometimes our feet stink because we got so much sin in our lives. The stench of sin. We let sin grab us and drag us down and hold us captive so much that our feet, our, instead of being beautiful, our feet just begin to have this stench of sin. Maybe that's what's going on. Maybe that's why your feet are not beautiful is you're, just, you're so wrapped up in sin right now. Sometimes our feet are broken. You ever gotten up in the middle of the night and hit that little pinky toe on the dresser on the way to the bathroom? It'll set you free, won't it? Make you have a prayer time real quick, won't it? Because you have to confess what you just said when you did that. Exactly. Man, sometimes our feet are broken. They're broken. They're broken over the heaviness of our lives, over the situations that we live in and the difficulties. And we're all there. And we let those things cause us to lose our focus on the fact that thousands of people will die and go to hell today. Sometimes our feet are just tired, aren't they? You stand up on them all day, you work on them all day, and your feet just get tired. And some of you here today are just tired. But that's still no excuse for us not to have beautiful feet. So during this invitation, Gil, if y'all will come, during this invitation this morning, I'm going to ask you to bring your feet to the altar, literally. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to ask you to bring your feet to the altar this morning. I'm going to ask you to join with me as we go into this Advent season. We've got about a month left of this year. I'm going to ask you with me today to make a commitment that my feet are going to be beautiful. 
that between now and the end of 2021, I'm going to share the gospel with one person. I'm going to tell one person. I'm going to have beautiful feet, and I'm going to proclaim the good news to one person between now and the end of 2021. And I want to ask you this morning, if you'll make that commitment and bring your feet to the altar. If, they're, if, they're, if, your feet, if you're smelly because you got sin, man, come confess your sin. If you're broken because you're just broken down, then come and receive the strength that God will give you. If you're worn out, come and let him refresh you. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. But let him come and do his work in you as you come to him and commit that your feet are going to be beautiful. You're going to have beautiful feet between now and the end of this year. Who will join me in making that commitment today? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, help us today. God, to commit to you to have beautiful feet today, Lord. To commit to have beautiful feet. To take the good news to those who are lost, God. Help us today, Father. The need is so great, but you are so strong and so powerful. So help us today, Father, to have beautiful feet. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.